Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. I want to start a new segment on some of the podcasts I put out called Derm Debunks. Things that sometimes I feel like we hear, but either we don't get the full details of, or, you know, of course we have different opinions on certain things. Um, But sometimes these blanketed statements can be really dangerous or misleading. So I'm hoping doing some Derm Debunks um, will just give you kind of at least my thought process Because I hear we all want encompassing terms, like I said, blanketed statements, but dermatology, very similar to most aspects of medicine, has a lot of gray areas where things like severity or finances of the client, things of that nature can really affect how we practice dermatology. And it can be dangerous for us to hear these big statements and not really have a clinical impression of where that statement may be true, but not necessarily always true. So the first derm debunk I wanted to present for all of you is Apoquil is not helpful for otitis. I actually hear this quite a lot because I love lecturing about otitis and managing otitis. And I often get asked about, well, if they get an episode of otitis, I know that I have to stop Apoquil and do steroids. And that's just simply not true in many, many cases. And here's kind of my thoughts on that. Um, So there is a big difference between a dog who, let's say, is managed on Apoquil long-term for their allergies. They do quite well, but spring comes along and we break out with a mild to moderate otitis where we, you know, they're shaking their head, dogs scratching at their ears. We look into the ear canal. There's debris that's present there. Um, They're not necessarily swollen or stenotic, but there may be erythematous. In a lot of those cases, I don't necessarily jump off of their primary medication, right? We have to think about what we're doing when we start certain medications, like an ear medication or an ear flush. And I've done many, many podcast episodes all about topical treatment for ears and some of the ingredients that we have to really think about. And remember that there are certain steroids in a lot of these ear products that are quite potent. And locally, if the dog is not flaring in other places, locally, that steroid, let's say like Mometasone, which is a pretty potent topical steroid. So if we are going to use something that has Mometasone in it, that focally is going to provide a lot of relief, reduce some of the inflammation that is present in that ear canal. Now, I won't switch their Apoquil because the rest of their allergies are doing quite well, and I can use something like my topical therapy to really pinpoint reducing that inflammation and not having to put them on something like systemic steroids, which have their place, and we're going to talk about that, but putting them on systemic steroids obviously does have the potential for side effects, you know, increased drinking, increased urination, hunger, panting. So we do use steroids still quite often systemically in dermatology, but they're not something I can just rush them on to if I don't have to. And every allergic dog, you know, is going to flare at some point. 
Okay, almost every allergic dog is going to flare at some point, even the ones that I manage as a dermatologist, because allergies are, and they're not a static process. They're a very fluid process that we can just have a year where the spring pollens are really bad. Um, a year where the ragweed levels are really bad. They don't, there's dust mites in the house because they're moving and we haven't dusted as much, you know, whatever it may be. Allergies are lifelong and they're a fluid process, not a static process. So there's just naturally ups and downs, which is why using things like topical therapy, um, giving owners tools to utilize when they can tell a flare is happening can be really, really beneficial. There's not many dogs out there. And I know I see a different subset of dogs compared to, you know, a general practitioner, but there are not many dogs out there that just go on a monotherapy plan, say just apical just Cytopoint, even just Cyclosporin, and never break out or never need a little help along the way, whether it's topical, a breakout that we have to manage systemically with antimicrobials. So if they're doing pretty well and they just get an episode of otitis, and I feel like I can control that topically with a flush, uh, you know, plus or minus a topical therapy, maybe thinking about, oh, there's a lot of neutrophils under the microscope, that ear looks a bit, you know, erythematous and uncomfortable. Maybe I'll select something that has a more potent steroid in it. Remember the type of steroid in there really does matter. Um, and also picking, make sure the antibiotics and the antifungal I have in that product are what I would want for that particular infection too. But maybe it really makes me think about what topical steroid I'm going to use in that case. So I can control the inflammation topically and not have to switch them on to something systemically. Now, why I want to debunk this, and it's not a full debunk, partial debunk, I guess, um, that it, now it's very different if you have a case that comes in and we just had a podcast episode about their ear being swollen shut. It's much different if you have a case come in and the ear is completely stenotic swollen shut. Those are the cases where if there is a significant amount of swelling, really nothing else does better than systemic steroids in those cases. And that doesn't mean I keep them on systemic steroids forever. Also doesn't mean that I just jump ship on that previous medication, whether it's, you know, Apoquil or whatever other medication you're utilizing. Doesn't mean I just jump ship from that medication the rest of that dog's life either and say, oh, it doesn't work. I mean, I have cases where we just have to switch to steroid, you know, every March because they always break out with a bad um, episode of otitis or they always flare beyond their Apoquil during the, the beginning of spring, but the rest of the year they do just fine with it. So we're always making those moves when we need to do that. But for those cases where they really do have swollen ears, I will, will take a break from the medication, say like Apoquil. We will put them on oral systemic steroids just to open up that ear canal. You know, I'll go a mig per kick per day or maybe even a little bit higher depending on how bad it is for you know, five days, and then we'll try to reduce down over the next couple of weeks, and then they'll recheck. And if that ear canal is now nice and open, the pet's much more comfortable, we've gotten everything under control, we'll go back to the apical that was controlling them just fine previous to this big flare. So I've heard people say, well, it doesn't control otitis. And I think if you're talking about those really swollen shut ear canals, yes, of course, we're going to jump to something like steroids. You know, if we can't use steroids, maybe cyclosporin, but it takes longer and calm that down. 
but then we're going to get them back on their maintenance therapy that was working previously or making switches if maybe it wasn't working. But what I find dangerous about that statement is I have actually spoken with veterinarians that pretty much any time any otitis happens, even if it's more mild or moderate, they feel like they have to switch to steroids automatically and that Apical will not control them. You know, Apical still does have some anti-inflammatory effects. Yes, we think of anti-itch because it reduces interleukin-31, but it also reduces things like interleukins-2, 4, 6, and 13. And interleukin-2 is one of the main things with cyclosporin that we consider affected by that medication. So you can get some anti-inflammatory effects with uh, Apoquil. And I actually have some cases that they're kind of more mild, moderate. They're not necessarily swollen, but they are shaking their head. And maybe they're also licking their paws a bit more too. We will temporarily bump, or I will temporarily bump them up to that twice daily dosing for just a week, you know, maybe two weeks and then come back down and then think about using a more potent topical steroid in my ear medication if I need to. And a lot of those dogs do just fine. I reserve my steroids for those cases that are really edematous, very, very uncomfortable, very painful, stenotic to the point I think the owner is going to struggle to actually flush that ear out or medicate that ear appropriately. So we'll use steroids to open that up, not only so we can treat it better or maybe look in it better in a few weeks when they recheck, because maybe I'm concerned something else is going on in that ear canal, um, but also just to allow them to medicate better and have that pet feel more comfortable at home. But I just want to debunk the thought that every case of otitis, if they are on Apoquil for their management, means that they have to completely come off and go to steroids. Unless they're stenotic, incredibly painful, or edematous, I do feel like a lot of these cases you can appropriately manage with their topical treatment. And every dermatologist is different, but I think you have to look at every case as an individual how severe is that infection? How severe is the stenosis? You know, are they edematous? Are they ulcerative? What's their pain level at? What's the owner able to do? Do they have any contraindications to something like a systemic steroid? Have they not tolerated them well in the past? And really tailoring that plan to that individual pet. Unfortunately, dermatology is not a cookie cutter specialty. Lots of these things factor into our decisions of what we do. And, you know, sometimes I will try to get away not using steroids and I'll find out I didn't work as well as I hoped and I have to reach for them. But I just want to give some clarity and kind of that statement, because I do think most cases, if they're mild to moderate, we can just focus on things topically and make some adjustments. And they really only reserve coming off of a medication like Apoquil temporarily if they have more of that swollen stenotic um, ear canal that's hard for me to fully evaluate then it's totally appropriate to switch to something like steroids um, in order to open that ear up. So I hope that's helpful. Um, I just hear some of these statements and I have people come up and ask me about them. And again, we all have different opinions, but to me, I have so many more questions beyond just a big statement like Apoquil doesn't help otitis. You know, you can use things like topical therapy. You can temporarily bump up your dosing of Apoquil if you need to, um, but really, really think about what am I seeing in otoscopy? What am I seeing under the microscope? And then tailor that plan to that individual case at that time. That's what makes dermatology so fun. You know, it is, we have certain algorithms 
mechanisms or pathways we use when making these decisions. But you also just get to look at that individual and decide what's going to be best for them. And that's what keeps it really interesting. So I hope you like this derm debunk. Um, if you have other thoughts or ideas of, you know, things that you hear that you're not sure are fully true, or maybe are partially true, but people use as a big blanket statement, please send me a message um, on my Instagram at the derm vet. I would love to hear ideas from other derm debunks and see if I can be of help and um, just making you more comfortable with managing your derm cases. <laughs>